Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, Sad, Confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Bryce Dallas Howard on her new movie, Dads, and her comfort movie, Jurassic Park. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Returning champion Bryce Dallas Howard is in the house today for, what is this, maybe her third visit? At least her third visit to Happy, Sad, Confused. Clearly a different kind of a visit given the current circumstances, but nonetheless thrilled as always to catch up with a bright spirit in the universe, one of my favorite human beings, Bryce Dallas Howard. She's always awesome as an actor, as an interview subject, and now as a director. I knew this was coming. We all knew this was coming. It's in the DNA. Her dad, Ron, is one of the best out there. And sure enough, Bryce, who has directed shorts in the past, has now directed her first feature-length film. It is a documentary called Dads, and it is uh, a really sweet, um, well-done exercise for her that is currently on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, It premiered just in time for for Father's Day, uh, but it's never not not an appropriate time to enjoy a, uh, a film like this that celebrates all the complexities that go into being a dad in our modern world. And yes, dear old dad, Ron, is in the film. And uh, yes, well worth your time. Um, but the, 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 the focus of this conversation, as you guys know from recent Happy Second Feuds, Confuseds, God, that's hard to say, is, uh, is our comfort movies. And I was very pleased when I learned what comfort movie Bryce wanted to talk about. She had just shown her kids Jurassic Park for the first time. So so here's the context, and she explains this in the podcast, but I'll give you the brief version here. Uh, Bryce, who of course stars in the Jurassic World films, is about to go off and finish shooting the third Jurassic World film. Obviously, in these crazy times, it's even, it's the levels of complexity in shooting a film right now are, are, are beyond, but Universal is putting all the safety protocols into place and making it happen. So Bryce is about to go off and shoot for a while, and she's not able to take the family. And I guess the bargain that she made with her kids was, I'm going to go off and do this, and finally I'm going to let you see Jurassic Park. Uh, so this was fresh off that uh, viewing, which made for a really interesting conversation, because for the first time, uh, you know, Bryce had seen this film through different eyes. Um, certainly she was a kid when the movie came out, and now she, as an adult, she's a part of the franchise, but then seeing it again through the eyes of her kids, uh, I think gave her a new perspective. And I think Jurassic Park is just one of those perennials. It is clearly a comfort movie for so many people, including myself, and it was fun to talk to her about all the great performances and the Spielberg flourishes in this film that make it uh, stand the test of time and make it such a delicious comfort movie all these years later. Jurassic Park, uh, if you need to see it again, if you want to see it again, of course it's available everywhere. It's on Amazon Prime and iTunes, maybe in your DVD collection if you still have such things. Um, so yeah, I think you guys are going to enjoy this chat and, and certainly we talk a little bit also about Jurassic World and and Bryce's upcoming um, Return to Jurassic World along with Sam Neill, who she loves. She's been doing some stuff with, some kind of like rehearsal read-through kind of things with. 
Um, Jeff Goldblum's back, and of course, Laura Dern. So uh, very excited for that. Um, other things to mention, Stir Crazy, my Comedy Central series where I get to let loose and be a little silly with my guests continues. This week, we have Adam Scott. He is currently hosting a new game show called Don't, but of course, you know him from so many things, from Step Brothers uh, to Parks and Rec, Party Down, and um, he's always one of my favorites to talk to. It's a really fun episode, so check that out on Comedy Central's YouTube page, their Facebook page, or on my social media feeds. Um, Teen Wolf Reunion, which I've touted in the past. It was sadly delayed because of, obviously, the crazy times we're living in. We decided to push it back a little bit. That felt appropriate. But the reunion is going to be out there, if all goes going to plan, this Friday, June 26th. So if you're a fan of that MTV show, you're really going to dig this um, this kind of wild, fun um, chat I had with basically almost the entire cast. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, been watching a lot, like all of you guys. I got a sneak peek at the new at the new Perry Mason show, which I think has just premiered on HBO. So the first episode's out there for everybody. I've seen the whole thing. I've seen all eight episodes. It's really good. It gets better as it goes along. There's my email clicking in because I'm an idiot. Sorry, guys. Um, but uh, yeah, I was a, I was a fan of the Perry Mason show growing up uh, with Raymond Burr. This is a much different con- uh, sort of thing. It's kind of an origin story. Matthew Reese is in it. Uh, Happy Sad Confused's own Tatiana Maslany's in. In it, uh, great cast, well worth your time. And as I said, it kind of builds, it gets better and better. So uh, I would highly recommend that. And I'm the last of the party guys, and all, all my Anglophile friends will mock me for this, but I finally watched Broadchurch. Okay, I was years late. I've watched all three seasons of Broadchurch. Why, why isn't there more Broadchurch? I need more Broadchurch in my life. Uh, David Tennant, Olivia Coleman, uh, Jodie Whittaker, um, some of my favorite actors. That's that's good stuff. So hit me up with your recommendations for more of of in the Broadchurch uh, ilk, those kind of um, British mysteries. Um, I'm kind of in that zone right now and open to your suggestions. So hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Joshua Horowitz and let me know what you think I should be enjoying. And if you do follow me on social, I know I'm like I'm like the the angry, like uh, crotchety old guy talking about the end of the world sometimes, and I apologize for that. But these are crazy times, guys, and I and I, I can't has nothing to do with being any semblance of a public personality, which I barely think I am, uh, I would be saying these things if I weren't. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy times, and we have to speak truth to power and talk about, uh, especially here in the States, um, how horrible <laughs> this president is and how urgently we need to get him out of office in order to save our democracy. It sounds like hyperbole, but it's not. This is, uh, this is really crazy times. We have a liar, a corrupt politician, a, a, a reprehensible human being in the White House. And I, I can't urge you guys enough to, if you, if you feel somewhat the same as me, um, stay engaged, stay uh, vigilant, support the causes you believe in, support the ACLU, go to rockthevote.org if you haven't registered yet. Um, you know, this is not the time to sit out voting. This is the time. Uh, it's every, it's the cliche every four years. It's the most important you know election of your, your lifetime. This is it, guys. This is it. I don't. I mean, like I don't know what happens if he comes back into office for four more years. The environment's going to hell. We're dealing with this virus. Systemic racism is still there and it needs to be addressed. Um, we need somebody that's not Donald Trump in the White House and. Sure, Joe Biden wasn't necessarily my first choice, but I think he'll be a fine person in the White House. I would have, uh, you know, voted for other people, but like, he's the best we got. And you know, 
that's what we got to go with right now. So those are my two cents on the issue. Um, and as I said, if you, uh, if you don't support all good, you can find another podcast. <laughs> it's okay. Um, anyway, back to entertaining things. Enjoy this conversation with Bryce Dallas Howard. Check out her new documentary dads on Apple TV plus it's out there right now. And, um, yeah, enjoy this uh, deep dive into one of the all time greats, Jurassic Park. The listeners can't tell, but I almost started this interview without recording it, which would have been fine for me, Bryce. I mean, I always enjoy <laughs> chatting with you. Same. But we want to spread the wealth. Um, it's good to see your face, and it's good for yeah. hopefully the audience to hear your voice. Um, thanks for taking the time. Oh, my gosh. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So congrats again, first of all. We want to spread the good word on your uh, awesome new documentary, um, Dads, which I had the privilege of seeing pretty early on. I guess you were at Toronto for that one, right? Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, by, the time, by the time people listen to this, Father's Day will have happened. So hopefully you all have celebrated by watching Dads. But if you haven't, it's not too late. It still works. Uh, <laughs> Dads still exist. Apparently, we can still, we can still celebrate them after Father's Day. Has this been a strange thing for you to promote this like movie about family and connection and and all of this? Where in a time when so many of us necessarily are separated from yeah. our families? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it's it's it seems to be. It's like there's what I've sort of observed, well, I, this is what I went through. Like when, when, um, when things first shut down, I was in the UK and I was filming Jurassic and separate from my family. My family is, uh, is here in New York. Um, and so at first it was just like, like, oh my gosh, I'm all by myself and, and I'm away from my family. And that does not feel good at all. Um, and then when I did come back here, um, after two weeks of quarantine where I was literally in this room, which is a room above um, our garage. And I was like looking down and being like, Oh, there's Seth in the kitchen. Wonder what he's cooking today. Like, <laughs> Oh good. He's vacuuming. So proud of him. <laughs> like all of that. Um, and so uh, just like when I was finally able to go back and be in the house with my family, I was just so incredibly grateful um, to be with them. And, uh, and so, you know, this has been a very, uh, it, it's been a different experience for, for everyone, depending on, on what their, their given circumstances. Yeah. But, um, for us, we've, we've definitely been good. It's been, um, the, the, this, this film is clearly a celebration of the insanity that it is, that it is to be a dad. And, uh, it's funny, I don't know whether it's like just through having seen the film again recently or not, but like I, totally coincidentally, or maybe not last week, I started to interview my own dad, Bryce. Like I'm starting to, like an oral history project with my <gasps> dad. Yeah. And so, yeah. Ta- so obviously in your, in your doc, and we've talked about this, but you talked to, to your dad and yeah. I know he wasn't necessarily a, 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 a excited participant at the start, but um, it's been weird for me the last first couple of sessions to so talk to me a little bit, what, it, what it's like for you to, cause it, it changes that you have a certain dynamic with your father and then you have to kind of put on a different hat when you're trying to create something. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, early on in the process of making this, I thought that there might be a possibility that um, I interviewed my granddad years prior, and, and he had passed away shortly before we were um, we were filming. And so I thought, oh, maybe maybe there there might be something in there because also I, I have to acknowledge that 
like I'm making a movie about dads and I am not a dad. <laughs> and, and so there, there needs to be that, that, um, that understanding, I think for the audience, like why, like, why is this chick making this movie? And, um, and so it, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe there might be something in that interview, but my dad was, was, um, reasonably concerned, really likes his privacy. I totally get it. I do too. Um, but about halfway through filming, I found out that my brother was expecting his first child. And I had the entire time been like, Oh, we need an expecting father. We've got to get an expecting father. And so, um, and so having my brother be a part of the storytelling made sense for, um, for me to interview my dad. Right. Um, and it was one of the last interviews that, that I gave. So at that point, I definitely, I'd interviewed a lot of fathers, had heard a lot of different, uh, responses to questions and was so curious what my dad might say, you know? Um, and so, yeah, so it was, it was, I certainly learned a lot about him and, and, um, and it's, it's just like, I'm thinking about it, like, oh my gosh, will my kids ever interview me? Like, it's just such a, there is that passing of the torch kind of where, um, when your kids become conscious enough to have, um, just to, to gain more insight into, into their parents' life. Well, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a nice excuse to kind of like ask the questions that in like normal situations, like it would just, it just doesn't happen. So yeah, it's, it's a true yes. gift. And I, and if you inspired me in some subconscious way, thank you. Um, oh no, that's awesome. You're doing that. So, uh, as you know, um, part of the, the, the shift of the podcast in recent months has been about, uh, comfort movies because we're yes. all looking for distraction and comfort a little bit nowadays. Um, I know you're a cinephile after my own heart, so I was excited to see what you had picked. Uh, you had a few candidates, and then you zeroed in on the one. It's not Willow. I'm a little sad about that, Bryce. <laughs> not going to lie. We'll save that for next time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did watch it recently, and I did totally talk about Willow. Okay, we'll, we'll save that for another hour. <laughs> that's not for the podcast. That's just for us. Um, <laughs> Tell us uh, the, the the it has a connection to something that obviously you're associated with. But tell us your your comfort movie pick and why. So my comfort movie pick is Jurassic Park, and um, in part I thought of this because I'm I'm headed back to work on Jurassic World, and um, my children at first are not going to be coming with me, and my youngest, who's eight years old, had never seen Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. Um, just, you know, because of the fear factor. And so I, I, part of the deal with me going is that I had to allow her to. Oh my God. That's amazing. I'm a negotiator. Um, (laughs) and she's like, I won't be upset if you let me watch these movies. And so we watched Jurassic Park together just a couple of nights ago for the first time. And it's just such a great film. The, I mean, it's like setting aside everything that is so amazing about it cinematically um, or in terms of the sci-fi or the wish fulfillment. The performances are amazing. The camera work is brilliant. Like it's, it's such an elevated um, experience in terms of like, like as a, like as an artist, I'm so impressed with everything. Yeah, it's you know, kind of like everything. the ultimate of like what 
movies can be, right? It's like something that can't exist, obviously, in theater or another medium. It's like this is an expression for what movies can be at their best as an escape, as a cathartic experience, as an emotional experience. Um, Yeah, this is a good movie to talk about because a... Correct. This is the right pick, Bryce. Well done. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a comfort movie for everybody. I've seen it dozens of times. And also because, yeah, there's a thousand things to talk about. I mean, um, a, a couple just like basics, not that anybody really needs a refresher course, but the film came out June 11th, 1993. Um, I remember it well. It was a phenomenon like few movies are. Um, so by my math, you were about 12. Yep. So what do you, do you remember? Were you allowed to see it? Yes. Yes. I, I, at first I wasn't allowed to see it. My parents went and saw it opening day. Um, and I'll never forget this. My dad said to me, you, you can see this movie, even though you're 12, you can see this movie because you have to see it in the theaters because cinema is forever changed. And so that Saturday I went to see the movie in the theaters and yeah, I mean, I, I was crying. Like I was, I was emotional about the experience of being able to feel like I was seeing dinosaurs, like real dinosaurs. And that's just, you know, that's a wondrous experience. Like I, as an audience member, when I watch movies, I sometimes think I feel more than I feel in real life. You know, I get more excited. I get more, um, you know, emotional. I laugh harder. Like it's just, like you, you feel so much when you're watching movies and, and what Jurassic Park did for me was it just made me feel all the more because it just expanded my imagination to yeah. a degree that I never knew was possible. It, it, um, does, it does strike me that it's like, I mean, again, there's so many aspects of why this works, but like it's a very unique movie in that it kind of blends both wonder and terror. Right. So yes. it's like it's like Spielberg did Jaws, uh, which is all suspense, pretty much. He but he also did E.T., which is very much mostly about wonder. And this is a film that somehow you have your cake and eat it, too. You have like the looking up at the Brontosaurus moment. Welcome to Jurassic Park, where you, you legitimately I agree. I mean, I remember getting kind of like teary eyed at it. And then it has three or four of the most suspenseful set pieces ever put on film. Um, and there are a few people that can do that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the brilliance of this story uh, created by Michael Crichton because it's just genius sci-fi. Because the, the, the cautionary tale of this movie is that we get ahead of ourselves as human beings. He actually coined the term, Michael Crichton coined the term intelligence. And what that means is that you're so focused on the next breakthrough in science or technology or whatever, um, that you don't actually think through what the ultimate consequences or repercussions will be. And, and that is the challenge that we face as human beings, you know, progress. Okay. Progress. Yes. Progress. But we, we need to be developing our own humanity and our own maturity at a faster pace than our ability to just create shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you know I mean? and basically and articulated by, by Ian Malcolm in the film in, 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 in some, some great pithy dialogue from David Kep, courtesy of Michael Crichton. Um, so you mentioned the cast, and I agree. I think like this movie, needless, needless to say, doesn't work. 
without an amazing cast that sells what they're seeing. Like, you know, I, I always think of, again, that kind of, that first reveal, right? Where the, the Welcome to Jurassic Park scene, where you have Sam Neill as Alan Grant, Laura Dern as Dr. Sattler, Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm. And they all are reacting in such authentic, unique ways. They all have a different kind of way of, of enjoying or being fearful or whatever of that moment. And um, I mean, you know better than, than anyone how hard it is to sell something that isn't there. Um, so from an acting perspective, do you appreciate that all the more now that you're a seasoned actor to be like, how do they do that? Yeah. I mean, it's what I love so much about the performances in Jurassic Park is that they're not, uh, they don't feel super polished. They feel really, really, really human and really, really, really real. And it's like the whole movie could have been improvised or something like that's how natural the dialogue felt. And so it's not like I have to, um, um, Chris and I have, uh, 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 thing that we do with one another to help our performances because in these movies where you're not looking at something that's real you can get very stiff very quickly and we'll whisper to each other when we see the other person doing it we'll say um less Pinocchio more real boy that's that's what we say and so it'll just be a thing we'll just be like we'll be like real 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 boy and we'll be like right 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 real boy real boy (laughs) less Pinocchio more real boy because you get very technical where it'll be like okay you need to like turn nope your face is too much turn turn here then look up, then, you know, and, and when you do that, suddenly the humanity can just, just, just completely dissipate. And, um, and yet watching that scene in particular, where it's, um, you know, where it's, it's the three main characters seeing dinosaurs for the first time. And it's just like, they're just like, their mouths are open and it's wonderful and unflattering and the way the glasses come off are yes. totally smooth. And yes. it's just, it's honest. It feels so honest. And so you're able to instantly, like you see just Laura Dern's like mouth just gaping open and you're like that. You're like, <gasps> you know, and, and it's, it's just great that they went there because it allowed the audience to go there as well. Like to yeah. not play it cool ever. So your youngest, again, is how old? Eight. Eight, okay. So watching it, as I'm sure you've seen it many times in the, in the years since, um, with the eight-year-old, what did you see through their eyes? Did, were there oh, questions? Was there anything? Yes, let me think of it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so she first, um, was it, why am I forgetting the name? Nelson? Um, uh, 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 Wayne, uh, Wayne. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, yeah, uh, uh. Right, right, right. You said the naughty word or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's, what Wayne, was Wayne, Wayne Knight plays? Um, I have it here. Is somewhere. it Nelson? Oh my God, we're fa- oh De- uh, Nedry, 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 Nedry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Nedry. So we're watching. I can't believe I'm sharing this because Seth looked at me <laughs> and was like, "Ooh, wide-eyed." And uh, so we we see Nedry. Nedry's on screen. It's a charming, charming scene. Beatrice is watching, and she goes, "It's like." Uncle Josh. He's like Uncle Josh. Gad. Gad. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <It's> like, oh. <laughs> did you tell Josh yet? I uh, know. <laughs> but I guess I just did now. <laughs> I think he'll take it in the spirit of which it's intended. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. She was very um very, very, very curious 
how the shaving cream dispenser worked. She oh, yeah. She needed to kind of pause and talk through that a little <laughs> bit because she's like, hold on here. How is this? Is the science still plausible? Yes. <laughs> I like that that's the, that's the science she had issue with, not the cloning of dinosaurs. No. How do they fit that into the shaving cream? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Where to begin? Okay, some context here that I always find remarkable. Um, Spielberg shot this essentially back to back with Schindler's List. Schindler's List came out like four months later. Maybe the most interesting, fascinating year for a filmmaker ever. <laughs> That's unreal. I mean, it's just it. He is he is so good. My dad was. I'll just I'll just share this. Recently, uh, my dad very often will will kind of go off on how genius Steven Spielberg is. Like, he'll just like, just start talking about it. And, and so, um, he was, he was the, the other day, he just started doing that. And he was saying, you know, if he wasn't a director and you just looked at, uh, his body of work as a producer, he's the greatest producer of all time. Absolutely. And that's what my, and my dad was like, this is without Steven Spielberg <laughs> being a director. Add to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's also the director. It's just, he, it, it, it's, it's so insane, the amount of projects that he was involved in a, a, a huge role, whether or not it's, you know, producer, director, executive producer, yeah. um, that have resonated for millions and billions. I mean, it's just, he's, he is a masterful storyteller on every level, whether or not he's directing. So the fact that he can spin those plates and do Jurassic Park the same year that he did Schindler's List, it's, it's sick. <laughs> it's, you almost sound angry about it. <laughs> as, a, as a director now, now you're like getting a little oh, pissed off. Thank God. <laughs> um, my some, entire childhood and my future as a performer. <laughs> yes. We, uh, we, a lot of us owe our childhoods and some of us our professions to Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Um, the, uh, some casting uh, kind of what ifs. I, I always found this fascinating. I remember this from way back. I mean, I love Sam Neill. Uh, apparently, William Hurt and Harrison Ford both turned down playing Alan Grant. Interesting. I can see them both in it, to be honest. I, I've yeah, always totally. Hurt and Harrison, of course, makes sense. Like totally. that, that gruff kind of uh, exterior. Um, you know what's been yeah. so fun is getting to know Sam Neill because I I knew Laura. Directed. Um, together worked with the same uh, producers on a, on a, 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 a TV series. And so um, I had met her years ago on that and, you know, always, always looked up to her, but, but instantly when you, you know, you know, when you meet her, you just feel this like warmth and you feel comfortable. Right. Jeff Goldblum, I thought I would be intimidated by him, but he's just the single most eccentric, like, like the loveliest eccentric you, you could ever encounter yes. in your life. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like that's again, exceeded expectations, but I had never met Sam Neill. And through this process, I'd started shooting. He hadn't started filming yet, but um, since then we've had so many uh, calls and Zooms and FaceTimes and he is a magical individual. <laughs> oh 
my gosh, I love Sam Neill so much. And what was amazing was when I watched Jurassic Park again, now after knowing him, I loved it even more. I mean, his performance was was always great. Yeah. But just knowing him now and, and seeing his spirit and his humor and um, his groundedness and just, just, just all of it. Like I just, he's amazing. And, and Steven captured that, you yeah. know, great he, casting. He, he does. And, and you guys did the same kind of thing. Colin clearly like learned from the best uh, on Jurassic world in terms of introductions of characters. I think of your character and Pratt's character in terms of how they're introduced. I think back to Jurassic park. Um, Alan Grant has a great introduction. Um, uh, um, uh, in Malcolm in the helicopter. Um, um, Richard Attenborough in the 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 trailer. trailer. Exactly. I mean, these make impressions and they kind of like define the characters within 10 seconds. Uh, Kind of brilliant. I Um, was, you know what, even, even that, like, and and I was like talking to Seth about this, my husband about this. Um, So in the scene where they're like their first scene where they're like at the dig site and they're like digging up stuff and there's that little boy who's like, and and Sam Neill like tells him how like raptors like are going to like come around the side and attack him. Um, There was a character that was the guy who was looking at the monitor of the, like of the bones of the raptor and the way he was describing, I, I swear he just had like one line. It was so honest and specific and real. I was like, that's incredible. That man's acting was incredible. Is that what I were talking about? It's just one line, and yet it felt so real. It wasn't yeah. like he, was, he wasn't delivering it like it's a movie. It was, it was just, ah. Uh, well, it does feel like, I, I mean, I, yeah. I totally agree, like down to the smallest parts. One of my favorite performances in the film, to be honest, is um, Bob Peck, sadly, uh, who's no longer with us, who plays Muldoon. Um, who's in that opening scene. One of my favorite scenes in the film actually is the, literally the first scene in the film um, where they're loading, I think it's a T-Rex. You don't yes. see, you see just see an eye. You don't see, you see so little and it is just terrifying. And every moment Bob Peck is on screen, they should all be destroyed and whatever, all these kind of like small moments, like it, they're very lived in characters. Yeah, it feels like Jurassic Park has been up and running in the capacity it has been. And like Nedry's there and Sam Jackson's character's there and they all like, they're real. Yep, yep, that's exactly it. And it's, and it's behaviors and it, that's, you know what? I really hope I get to work with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> like, like, like I, I mean, I have as a producer, but yeah. I really, I really hope to get to work with him as an actor because I just want to know how he does it. So like, like what the environment is like that that everyone is so like they're, they're sticking the landing with the plot points, but nothing is, it's effortless. Nothing is pushed or forced or anything like that. So obviously, you know, you're now a very big part of, of the, the lineage of this, of this film. Um, you're about to embark. You've started already, as you said. You started <laughs> shooting Jurassic World with a with a bit of a break. Yeah. Um, it was initially going to be two weeks. Crazy. <laughs> uh, so Colin is back directing. Um, yeah. Does Colin talk a, a lot on set about how you? I mean, it's, in the script, the connections are there, obviously. But like, how much is the original Jurassic referenced on the sets of these films? Massively, all the time, all the time. Um, and, and, and that's, 
that's essential. I mean, that's that's the aside from Michael Crichton's book. That's the source material, um, and it's very similar uh, to Star Wars, in my opinion. You know, it's like you're you're not like why why reinvent the wheel? Like why not? Like you need or or, or like a painter. Like if you go and you see an exhibit of Picasso, you see that he first mastered naturalism before he went and started taking apart people's faces and making it into shapes. And, and I think what is so, uh, powerful about Colin as a filmmaker and as the filmmaker of Jurassic world of the first and the third is that he is completely reverential to Steven Spielberg as a storyteller. And, and so he's not pushing, he's not like, Oh, I'm going to like, do something different or like push against expectations or whatever. Like he's, there's, there's so much respect there. And then from that, all of like, there's all these possibilities of where the story can go. And it's right. so exciting, but it's from a place of, of real enthusiasm um, and real uh, knowledge of, of what that movie was and, and the mentorship of, um, you know, Stephen mentoring Colin is really that it's real. It's, it's, uh, he's very, very, very involved and Colin just respects the shit out of him. <laughs> Does, so you, you mentioned you hadn't had a chance to, to start working with, um, Sam. Sam. Um, is that, I mean, you know, without revealing too much, does this satisfy yes. your interest in working with the OGs? Of Jurassic? Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. I was like, yeah. It's just, ugh. it's so bananas to remember being a 12-year-old watching that movie and it really changing my life because it was undeniable the reaction that I had and I have forever chased that feeling as an audience member and as I've become a storyteller myself and, and involved in collaborating with other storytellers, like that is the, that's the Holy grail right. uh, of movie making is for an audience to have the experience that they do when they're watching Jurassic park. And so to now be a part of that, the continuation of that story and, you know, getting to work with BD Wong and then getting to work with Jeff Goldblum. I mean, these are, these are just hugely meaningful moments for me as, as um, someone who just loves, loves movies and to know that there's going to be more with Laura and Sam, it's um, the best. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to, Frank Marshall said recently that this isn't the end, that this maybe starts a new era of Jurassic movies with Dominion. Um, do you see a future beyond this film in the Jurassic series? And yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I love that. I mean, I so much love that Jurassic World didn't ruin everything. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> congratulations on not ruining my childhood in the franchise. Like it, it's just, it's so. That movie is just Jurassic Park is so special. Um, that when we were making Jurassic World, it was an absolute blast and so fun, but there was, there was a responsibility to not like 
shit all over it. I'm like swearing so much in this interview. <laughs> it's I hope dire times. It's okay. crazy. <laughs> I bring up the worst than you. <laughs> Truly. Um, but, um, but I, um, I, I, so the fact that there can be more beyond this, I would hope, you know, I, 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 I would absolutely hope that there would be because that I want to see more. You've, you've obviously now directed not only the stock and some shorts, but the Mandalorian. So you're expanding what you're, we know you, what you're capable of. You can do a lot. <laughs> so, so would you, would you be interested in, in a Jurassic, directing a Jurassic movie? Like, is that oh, something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love, 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 love in particular movies that require a lot of infrastructure right like the more units the better because it it's just it's such a high wire act where there's the there's the the artistry and the storytelling and then there's just the organization of of people (laughs) and being like this is the direction we're going in everyone and it's so exhilarating to collaborate on um, sets like a Jurassic set or like the set that we had for Mandalorian, where it's just people at the absolute top of their game. Um, their childhoods were defined by the source material. And it's like every day is the best day of their lives. Right. And that is what is so, 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 so fun because people are just showing up um, not in their regular way. <laughs> you know, there's a little extra, yep. a little extra you bring when you're on a Star Wars set or you're on a Jurassic set. Um, and so I would love to, to get to, to, you know, work in these, within these IP worlds. Cause it's just, it's, it's so, so funny. And I got to direct on the second season of Mandalorian and getting to also see the continuation of the story, but also the continuation of the collaboration and the emerging technology and the ways in which that is developing so, 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 so quickly. And so that it will be able to, um, you know, so that others will be able to use this technology and, and challenge it and make it better. And, you know, that, that's really where, um, with filmmaking, like where the rubber meets the road for me. Um, the, the good news for you, Bryce, is that I have to let you go in a minute because I have a notice on my Zoom account that I'm running out of time because I haven't upgraded my account. This is the reality of 2020. We need to we need to upgrade our account. I saw I had a Zoom with sweetheart Chris Pratt that he organized with all these different folks, and it was like his Zoom, and he was just in a panic about the <laughs> remaining meeting time. <laughs> I, see, I have literally, I have a counter staring at me and I'm like, talk fast, Bryce. I got another question. I know, I know. I think there might be a workaround. I think if we get an account. Can I share Chris Pratt's account? Is that, like, <laughs> Pratt, and I, Pratt and I are tight. I think he might go in on it with me. Can you mention that to him next time you see him? Share a Zoom account. But it is, it's this thing of like, you know, there might be a solution. We might not need to panic. It might just be, we don't, have it be free anymore. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can fork over the 10 bucks a month if it means 10 more minutes with Bryce. Um, <laughs> lastly, or, most, or, or as, we, as we careen towards the end of the Zoom call, uh, I joke about Willow. Do you think, you'll be, you think you, you'll be involved in the Willow TV series? Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, have have you kept really... in touch? I mean, I talked to your dad about it, and I know he was looped into what 
um, I think John Kasdan's been working on. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's really exciting. Like every time I check in with my dad about it, he's like, no, there's cool stuff. I'm really like, it's the direction the story is going in for me. I'm like, yes, that's, they did it. Yes. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it needs to be. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm huge supporter of that show. Um, totally. Cool. Uh, well, best of luck. I know you've got a, a weird new adventure to go on soon. You're going to be heading off back to England and you have to do yep. the whole isolation thing. And I mean, this is the way of the ins- insane way we're making movies now, but it, if it keeps you safe and keeps you guys, um, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Like after the isolation, I'm sure you're going to have that security and it's going to be like this, like kind of cocoon you guys create more so yeah. than ever on a film set. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot that's gone into planning this and, uh, and it's, I mean, I, I have some idea of what it'll be like because there's been a lot of communication and, um, a lot of documents and a lot of updates and all of that. Um, but I, I, honestly, I'm really grateful for the work. You know, I feel like during this time, I just kept saying again and again and again, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so lucky that I have a job to go back to after this, you know? And, um, and so, you know, I'm, yeah, that's just, it's, I'm, I I feel, I feel really, really, really fortunate. I also feel fortunate that it's, it's a group of people who love each other and care about one another and show up for one another. And, um, I mean, you know, Colin, I mean, Colin Trevorrow is one of the most nurturing and wise leaders I've ever encountered in my career. He is so wise and so just present and there's no ego at all. And yet he also has a vision, a beautiful vision. And he is an artist and he will get that. He will achieve that. Yeah. And so he, in my mind, is the, the perfect person to be leading us. You know, I feel, I feel safe. It's like, it's like there's a, it's a stormy, stormy night and there's thunder <laughs> and lightning and you're in the backseat of the car and, you know, dad's at the wheel and you can just like see his hand <laughs> holding the wheel and like the ring, like glints, you know, with the lightning and you're like, he's got this. And spoken that's how spoken I feel like a true going. filmmaker. You're describing a very vivid <laughs> scene. <laughs> um, well, give he's my regards, it. give my regards to all those guys that you, you do have a great bunch. Uh, I love them all. Um, and, and stay safe. And I'm glad you're getting back to work because yeah, work for me has been a bit of a respite. And I know for a lot of people that are so lucky um congratulations on dads everybody should check it out on apple tv plus um and and yeah hopefully we'll talk soon in in somewhat less crazy times for sure thank you so much josh and uh yeah we only have three minutes and 10 seconds left anyway oh you you see the counter (laughs) too so you knew it (laughs) (laughs) also don't have an account i'm a hypocrite (laughs) (laughs) you're just drafting off other people's Oh my God! Well, let Pratt know. I'm I'm waiting on his um, American Express number, and we'll, we'll get this sorted out. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All right, thanks, Bryce. I appreciate okay, it. Awesome. Thank you. So good to see you. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. 
Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>